Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between you and your retirement. It's time to bridge that gap. Hey, Prosperity Nation. Dave Hall, the Prosperity Guy here. Welcome back to another episode of the Prosperity Gap. I hope you guys have had an amazing week. I know mine has been extremely interesting. On New Year's Day, we were doing some moving, getting furniture out of our home in Utah into a rental truck so that I could bring it back to Tennessee. I had an experience that day of having some vertigo. Now, if you've ever gone through the experience of having vertigo, you know what a challenge it can be. I've started experiencing it since I had my kidney transplant back in October of 2019. So it wasn't something that I was unfamiliar with, but on this day, it was very severe. I ended up throwing up multiple times. I ended up getting so dizzy I had to lay down for hours. But I also ended up losing the hearing in my right ear. And although I've seen the doctor, he's given me medication, believes everything's going to be okay, that hearing still has not come back. So it's been quite a week trying to do webinars, podcasts, different events, talk to people, only being able to hear out of one ear and having ringing going on oftentimes in the other one as well. But that being said, it's not slowing me down. We've got so many great things going on that I want to share with you and talk about. Hopefully, you're going along with a great year and getting the things done that you need to as well. Now, two things that I do want to make you aware of. Number one, we have launched our LinkedIn question and answer session. This is in conjunction with our Facebook question and answer session. What we found is we were getting so many questions during our webinars I was trying to do videos after each webinar that we sent to the participants, and we found that it was just much easier to take all the questions we get in a week, put them into these platforms, and then provide them for all of you so that you can get the information and the questions answered that maybe you have, or that you can think of some questions or see some questions that others have that may apply to your retirement. So that's been launched. You can find us on LinkedIn to be able to listen to the upcoming episodes that we have there. The other one is our four-hour Changing World of Retirement class. Now, this can be found through our website. We're working on the final touches. Our plan is to launch the first class sometime 1st of February, but you can go to our website now where if you enter your email address, we will reach back out to you once we have all the details finalized. But this is going to be our premier class. This is going to be the opportunity for you to spend four hours in a small setting We only expect to have about 30 to 50 people on these webinars where you can get your questions answered and you can make sure when we're done that you have the information you need to move forward so that you can either make a determination to do planning or to make adjustments from your own side to get to that tax-free and risk-free retirement. Both of these you can find through my website, theprosperityguy.com, or go to our social media platform there at LinkedIn to be able to get more information there. 26 years ago, I was living in Southern Utah. I was originally born in a small town called Enterprise. At the time, I was going to college in a town called Cedar City. Some of you may know where this is. The college there is Southern Utah University. I'd got my associate's degree at Dixie College in St. George, and then I'd gone there for my bachelor's and master's degree. Well, this time I'd been doing a lot of dating, trying to find a companion that I could spend my life with. And during this time, I came across a girl by the name of Lisa Pedersen. I thought that she was very beautiful. She seemed like a super nice person. So I began the process of getting to know her better. Well, now we fast forward 26 years and we've been married for that long and we've got six kids. 
The process went very quickly, much faster than for many of you probably, but we ended up dating for about three weeks and then it took us about uh, four months to finally get married. During that time though, we did have an opportunity to spend a ton of time together to get to know each other. We did have some family history that allowed us to better know each other than many people. Uh, I knew her, most of her family and she knew uh, much of my family. So it did give us an opportunity to have some common beliefs, some common history that helped through the process. But there definitely were a number of criteria that I know I had, and I'm sure she had as well, that I wanted in a future companion. I had been raised in a home where my mom had been able to stay home and raise the children. My dad had been the main provider, and I was hoping to be able to continue that on. I wanted to have a large family, which I mentioned now we have six children. I wanted someone that would be happy staying home and doing all of the work that's associated with raising those kids and helping me to build a, a family environment. Well, she wanted that in her life. She was looking for someone who could provide that uh, more traditional family structure. She also had a lot of the values, the kindness, the love, charity for others that I was looking for. And so it led to a marriage that has been successful, obviously has ups and downs like any marriage, but it's been a very successful union and we've had a lot of great years together. Well, why do I tell you this story? The reason I tell you this story is today I want to talk to you about the life insurance retirement plan. And I believe that if you get inside of the right life insurance retirement plan, that it's going to have some things that it does. And there's going to be a laundry list of things that you want it to do, the qualifications that you want it to have. So I like to relate it to a marriage because I think it relates very well to what a marriage relationship should be. And when we talk about life insurance retirement plan, it is something that we want to last forever. I would never recommend for anyone to get into a life insurance policy for a short period of time because it's going to turn out to be a very bad investment. But before we get into those details of what we want the plan to do and the benefits we want it to have, let's take a minute for a word from our sponsor. Today's show is being brought to you by eTrends Group, CPAs and strategic advisors. If you are tired of the struggles that come with trying to manage your own taxes, accounting, or bookkeeping, then you need to reach out and let the professionals at eTrends Group give you a hand. Go to www.etrendsgroup.com. As I mentioned, a good life insurance retirement plan is going to mimic a marriage in many ways. Now, this is the first thing we want it to be able to last forever. The other thing, though, we need to look at is with a marriage, you realize that there are a lot of upfront costs to make that marriage happen. Maybe a ring for some of you that may be very expensive. It may be a reception that you're going to pay for. Maybe it's the honeymoon costs. Maybe you've got to pay travel costs to bring people to the wedding, or you've got dresses, tuxes, all the various things that are associated with wedding. I know many people that will spend six figures to put one of these together. Well, they're not doing it with the hope that the wedding's going to end in the next year or two. If they thought that was going to happen, most people would never go through the process. Now, and sometimes circumstances are such that we can't control, and those marriages do not last as long as we would like them to. When that happens, usually it comes at a very high cost, whether it's emotional costs or financial costs primarily, where the investment that we made in that initial wedding was not necessarily a good investment. Well, when we look at life insurance retirement plans, they work much the same way. Many people will look at these and say, hey, they're too expensive. You should never put these plans together. There are better options. But when we look at it for what it is, if we look at it as something that we're going to have for the rest of our lifetime, 
what we find is that we can get them into a fee structure that will work. And I'll talk about that today as one of the criteria that we should have. But before I get into those details, let me talk about some great things that the Life Insurance Retirement Plan offers. Now, I've talked about this topic before, but hopefully today we can go into more detail and make sure that you better understand how this policy may work for you. First thing you need to understand is what we're talking about is a permanent insurance policy. We want the permanent policy because we want the cash value that's building up to allow us to not only have tax-free growth, but also to have tax-free distributions inside of there. And a term policy is not going to allow that. There are three different types of policies on the market. We've got the whole life policy, the indexed universal life policy, and the variable universal life policy. My recommendation is that we choose the indexed universal life policy, and that's because you have a floor and a ceiling. And we have a situation where with the whole life, it may be safe, but it's not going to be very productive. Variable life, oftentimes productive, but not very safe. And that's one of the criteria that we, we want to make sure that the policy has. So usually what we talk about when we're referring to the life insurance retirement plan is an indexed universal life policy. Now, there are a number of criteria or benefits that these offer. One of the first ones is that it provides a distribution prior to 59 and a half without having to worry about penalties. You don't have to worry about a 10% early withdrawal penalty. If you've got cash value build up, you'll be able to access that money no matter what age you are. If you're part of the FIRE community, you could access that money maybe even in your 30s or 40s. If you're looking at it as a source of income during retirement, you may choose not to access that money until you get into your 60s or 70s. You've also got a situation where there's no 1099s. There's nothing being given to the government or to yourself, letting you know that you've got some form of taxable income. You also can pull money out of these accounts tax-free if you structure them correctly. There's tax-free growth. You're not going to have to worry about paying taxes on any income. And you've got a situation where you don't have income limits and you also do not have contribution limits. So if you make too much or too little money where you may not be able to put anything into a Roth IRA account, you could put money into one of these life insurance retirement plans. And if you've got a situation where you've got excess money that you want to contribute that you cannot fit into the Roth, you would be able to put it inside of here. And the last one is no legislative risk. We've got a situation where in 1982, 1984, and 1988, the government did come in and try to change these plans. They succeeded on making some changes, but what they did is they grandfathered everyone in, which meant that those who had plans set in place before they were going to be able to continue to enjoy the benefits of the laws as they were structured when their plans were put together. Anyone new coming into the plan would have changes applicable to them. So these are the benefits. Again, if you're looking at a marriage, you've got a situation where maybe you want a spouse that knows how to cook. Maybe you want a spouse who is a good worker that's going to be a good provider for you. Maybe you want one that's going to be able to be great on vacations, that you're going to be able to travel well together. All kinds of different benefits that we look for. These are some of the great benefits that we want from our life insurance retirement plan and why they're so popular, because these plans, if structured correctly, can provide you with all these benefits, which can go a long ways in helping you get to a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Now, there are some requirements. There's four things that we definitely want to make sure that the life insurance retirement plan offers. And I'm here to tell you that many of your top-tier insurance companies their policies are not going to meet all the criteria I'm going to talk about here. So if you have chosen to go with another company or if you've got a policy and you're looking at using it, 
to help provide income during your retirement. You want to pay attention so that you can go back and check your policy documents and make sure that they're going to meet these four criteria. Very important that they do. Or what you'll find is just like that marriage. If you don't have certain things that match up, if you can't get along, you can't spend time together, sooner or later, you're going to have a a break of that marriage or you're going to have some damage in the marriage. And whether it's some emotional or financial damage, it's going to happen. It's going to become more costly to you and more detrimental to your situation if certain things do not line up and if certain criteria are not made available there. First one I want to talk about is safe and productive. Now, I mentioned before that oftentimes we will not use a whole life policy and generally will not because although it's safe, it's not very productive. You're going to see a situation where many times this does not outpace inflation, the returns on here. So although you're keeping up with inflation and you're not eroding your dollars, you're not building up additional assets. On a productive side, we've got that variable universal life policy. Problem here is you could get high stock market rate returns but you're going to have a situation if that market goes down, you're going to lose your investment. So if you've got a situation where you put $100,000 into one of these policies, market goes down 40%, now you've only got $60,000 in your cash value inside of here. And you've got to work from there to try to build the assets back up. Well, that also means that you've got to buy additional insurance. And that's the thing we don't want to do, especially when we get into our retirement years, because the more insurance we have to buy, the more costly it's going to be for us. So we do want that safe and productive growth. Index universal life policy is a great way to get it because of the way the floor and the ceiling work inside of that policy. The next one we want is low fees. Now, this is a situation that we do definitely need to compare to the marriage. Talked before about the situation with the wedding itself, the honeymoon, that initial year, setting up a home, buying a car. There are so many expenses that you're going to incur during that first year that if it were to be a one or two year relationship, it really wouldn't make financial sense. And it's the same thing with a life insurance retirement plan. You're going to have a lot of upfront fees, but when we compare them over the life of the policy and you consider the death benefit that you get day one, if you were to pass away, as long as you're not planning to get rid of that policy, it all works out because although you have higher fees in the beginning, you end up with lower fees on the back end where everything should work out between one and one and a half percent, which is what you would pay a traditional advisor if you were to put money into a mutual fund or if you were to have them manage your stock portfolio. But you're also getting the benefits of the death benefit and the long-term care provision that we'll talk about here in a few minutes. So very important that you get those costs down to one, one and a half percent or the policy is not going to work the way that it should. And it could end up costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars over time if you've got a large enough policy and you're consistently pulling money out of there. So when we look at the next step, the thing that we want is we want a tax-free and cost-free distribution structure. Now, the tax-free is pretty easy. We've just got to meet certain criteria. Cost-free, not so much. So let me talk first about the tax-free side of this. All you've got to do is meet two criteria that the insurance company is going to help you with. Number one, you've got to make sure you don't turn it into a modified endowment contract, which means that you overfund the policy. Your illustrations are going to help guide you on what you can put into the policy. As long as you stay in congruent with what they say, you're not going to have any issues. Now, from the back end, if you end up running the policy out of money, you end up over distributing. You'll also have a taxable event on the backside. Best way to solve this is to take advantage of the over loan protection rider that is included 
with a good policy so that if you do get to a point that you're going to overdistribute, you can implement that portion of the policy so that doesn't happen. So pretty easy to fix. Cost-free, not so much. Most of your top-tier insurance companies are going to charge you to borrow your own money. And it's going to end up costing some of you dearly, maybe even to the tune of six figures. We've seen situations where we've got over $100,000 going into additional fees if these plans are not set up correctly. So how do we make sure that happens? What you want to do is to look at the illustrations that are provided, look at the policy, make sure that it addresses what's going to happen with those loans that you're going to take out during your retirement years. You're going to get credited an amount for the money that you're taking out. You're also going to get charged an amount. And what you want is those two to match up or to be at a situation where they're crediting you more than they're charging you. If it's the other way around, and you're going to lose substantial amounts of money. And this is definitely something that we see out there that can be very problematic for a lot of people. This is something that is happening across the board with one, many of the top tier insurance companies. The next one that we want to have is we want to have a free long-term care rider. Now, there are two options when we're talking about long-term care and life insurance. One is like your standard long-term care coverage where you're going to pay an additional amount, you're going to buy an additional policy, and it's going to help cover you if there's a long-term care event. You don't want to do that. It's going to be very expensive. If you end up dying peacefully in your sleep 30 years later, you're going to have wasted a bundle of money. The other one is where you're getting it for free, where the insurance company is saying if you end up with a long-term care event and you can't do two of the six basic tasks of daily living, then they're going to allow you to access 2% of the death benefit per month prior to your death. It will be discounted down based upon the age the long-term care event happens versus what they projected your life expectancy to be, but you'll be able to access that money early so that you can use it to cover those long-term care events. Now, why do we want that to happen? Two reasons. Number one, 70% chance if you lived average life expectancy, which for a male is around 84, for a female it's around age 88, that you're going to need some type of long-term care coverage to cover a long-term care event. Very high risk that that's going to happen. Number two is because Medicare is only going to cover the first 20 days fully and then the next 80 days partially, and then you're going to have to go into a spin down of your assets before Medicaid will step in and cover the rest. And that spin down can be horrific. You have situations where if you're a single individual or if both spouses ended up in a long-term care facility, you would be left with a few thousand dollars and a thousand dollars in a permanent life insurance policy. Not what you want to do when these happen, especially with a married couple. If one spouse goes into a spin down, you are able to keep a home, a car, some liquid assets and some income, but it could be the worst thing ever to happen to your retirement because you've got a situation where let's say you're the husband, you go into a long-term care facility, you start spending all this money down and then you pass away. The wife may be left with a retirement that looks way different than the retirement you guys were living prior to this event happening in your life. So we do want to provide this coverage. It's one of the great things about the life insurance retirement plan is it allows you to provide for a long-term care event. But if that never happens, if you end up dying peacefully in your sleep at age 95, 
then your beneficiaries are going to get that death benefit and you will not have wasted maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars on a long-term care policy that you're not going to ever get any benefit from. So this is the things that we need to make sure our life insurance retirement plan has. Again, like a marriage, if you're trying to get into one of these policies for two, four, five, six years, not my recommendation. It's just like that wedding. You're going to spend a whole bunch of money. You're not going to get out of it what you put in. You're going to end up with some loss because of the fees associated with it. You really want to look at these long term. And when you do, you start realizing that your paradigm shifts and you can see the situation where it works out based upon the fees, the death benefits, all of the benefits that the plan's set up to offer. You can take advantage of all of these to get you to that safe and secure retirement that we're trying to get to. Now, this is just one tool. Realize we have a number of other tools, but I think it's important that people understand how the life insurance retirement plan works, because for many people, it can be one of the best tools to help them with their Roth IRAs to get to a tax-free retirement and to definitely eliminate that long-term care risk, which is very difficult to do with any other type of investment out there besides just buying long-term care insurance. So very important that you understand these concepts and that if they apply to you, make sure if you're looking at one of these policies outside of our office, that you do your homework and you do your diligence. If you're working with our office, we're going to go through each of these criteria and make sure that your plan meets the criteria and the requirements needed before we would put one of these in place because there's no need to put a tool in place that's not going to work for you and your retirement. Prosperity Nation, it is time for questions and answers with our producer, C.R. Talene. Hey, C.R., welcome back for another week of the Prosperity Gap. Hey, Dave, always glad to be here and exciting to, to be part of the show. So how's your week been? What's been happening with you this week? <laughs> Well, I'm I'm growing on the farm a little bit. We had one of our chickens that's really a meat bird. I let him get a little past his prime and that he couldn't do much. So I called one of my friends that slaughters chickens and he invited me over to do the whole process. And it was about nine degrees. It was freezing cold, but we uh, took care of one of my chickens and did the whole process and he gave it back to me for meat. Oh, good, good. Uh, always an interesting process to go through losing animals when you have a farm. Unfortunately, that's part of the process that you've got to go through. So what do you think? Uh, just go to Smith's Kroger next time and pick up your chicken or uh, go ahead and just keep raising them? Well, I like to raise them because all of them have, have names. They're my pets. And so it was a little weird to take one of your pets that I drove over to his house with the chicken on my lap. <laughs> so we're, I'm kind of a weird farmer. You know, I like to just name every animal. And uh, so it was definitely different to be there. And it was a great experience to go through. I, I just don't know if I'm quite ready for this, this future. That was one thing that my parents never abided by, which they probably should have is in our world when we were growing up and we had to eat everything, is you don't name the animals. That's the key. And my parents never abide by it either. We always named our animals regardless of what they were. But uh, I hear the key is just, just don't name them. Helps keep some separation there. Yeah. So if I had to do this to my sheep, there's no way. My sheep are like my dogs and they're just great. But the chickens, uh, I guess I'll take the most annoying one next if I have to work through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting process for sure. And for those who have never lived in a farming environment, 
you really can't fully comprehend what CR is talking about. But if you have, you understand completely what it's like as you go through the process of raising animals and for food and you use them that way. It's definitely a, a different experience. Well, Dave, I wanted to ask you because I saw a little post from your daughter last night and she looks like she's headed to uh, California in a couple months. She is heading to California. She is very excited about it. So she's been attending college in Utah. She took the semester off, so be expecting a call to be able to serve as a missionary for the next 18 months. And that call finally came yesterday and she had the opportunity of getting it opened with our family and friends and is heading to Ventura, California. So it should be a great experience. She goes into March. Very cool. So you got kids in college, you got a, a daughter headed off to a church mission and you got two more still at home, right? I do. I do. It's interesting to see as we spread out where people end up at. I know my son wants to move to Branson, Missouri this summer and do an internship there. And my daughter's looking at going to New York. So we should have people all over everywhere here soon. Wow, that's so cool. Well, keep me updated. I'm really excited to hear. And again, that was really cool news. And so it sounds like you have always something interesting every time we talk. It is exciting to see your children get to this point. Because as we raise these children, we all hope they'll make good decisions, that they'll be productive members of society, they'll give back. And it is fun when they choose to give 18 months, they end up paying their own way, or we as parents help them pay their own way for an 18-month period to be able to go serve other people. I, I did it for two years, and I know you did as well. It's just a great experience for you at that age to be able to have that type of experience. Exactly. And Dave, as a retirement show... What kind of things have you had your kids set up with as they're branching out into all these things? Have you really kind of got them into the, the perfect path for this? I don't know that I've got the perfect path. We've got some that are doing much better than others along that path. The biggest thing they're all focusing on now is getting their education, trying to make sure that they get that piece done. No one's quite finished college yet. I think the closest is about a year away, but she's talking about going to graduate school, so she may not be done either. It just keeps on going. <laughs> yes, I just hope at some point that the outlay from dad stops. That's the part that I'm looking for. <laughs> well, the beauty of all of this is, is you're definitely teaching your kids. I'm assuming they're really growing, right, through all of this? They really are, and it's fun to see the process as they go through their ups and downs, which anyone who has children knows what this is like. But as they become entrepreneurs, some of them, as some of them are now getting into relationships that are a little more serious, as they make decisions to give their time into service like this other daughter has. It's very fun and exciting to see. And as they make some bad decisions, which kids do at times. Unfortunately, they do. And that's the thing they have to make those decisions to learn. It's like retirement. A lot of people make poor decisions. So we're hoping that they get this way ahead of time and not after the fact. Yes. And you've got to be willing to make some mistakes along the way. That's part of the learning process. If you're afraid to make a decision for fear you're going to make a mistake, you've already made your first mistake in action not being willing to do anything for your future. So you've just got to be willing to take those risks at times. Hopefully you limit the risk as much as possible, but there will be times where things aren't going to work out as you'd plan them to work out. Yeah. Well, Dave, if you're ready, I've got three questions. And one of them is actually uh, somebody that's in their late twenties and they need some help. And I'm hoping you can kind of help guide them. Yes. Let's get to the questions. So Brittany asks, if I am in my late twenties, I'm not ready for all the strategies you offer. What should I do to help myself prepare for the future? Exactly what we're talking about. Brittany, I'm glad that you 
chimed in and you asked this question because many times the individuals that we're spending most of our time with are people in their 50s to 70s, I would say, from an average range because at that point, you've gone through a lot of the growth years. Things are starting to get a little more stable in your life. Not that a 20-year-old can't have some stability, but there's still a lot of years of ups and downs, career changes. Do you have kids? Do you get married? All these different things. And so as a result, sometimes it's hard to make the commitments into a lot of the planning processes that we use because it could take 15, 20 years for you to commit to that plan to be able to make things work out the way that they really should. So my recommendation for you, Brittany, would be to make sure you're maximizing your retirement plans that you have available to you. Now, if you've got a Roth plan at work, I would recommend that you maximize that Roth plan to the best of your ability, especially up to the employer contribution limit. If you don't have a Roth plan, then just max up to the employer contribution limit and then take the rest and put it into your regular Roth account. Make sure they're getting money. And again, if you don't have Roth options, put it into the traditional account. The best thing you can do now is pay yourself and then make sure you've got a good diversified portfolio so you can start seeing some good growth on those assets. Because at this point in your life, you don't have a lot of assets build up, but that comes with time. And none of us did. There was a point in our times that none of us had assets and we started slowly putting them in. And over time, they grew into something much bigger. So Dave, as Brittany is talking about this, and again, she sounds like she's she wants to do something, but right now she just is in that preparation stage. What other options does she have? My biggest recommendation would be for her to go to someone like Dave Ramsey. Now, when we look at what he does from a, in a retirement planning side, we have some differences. I will say that when we get into life insurance policies and how they work and future taxes, although he's starting to change his tune. But what she needs to do is to make sure she's got the budget structured, to make sure she's paying herself first, to make sure she's taking care of those basics that allow you to start building those assets. And at her age, what we see many of them are using products where they can use robo-advisors or they can use various apps that are built out there that allow them to limit the fees that they're going to pay to advisors, but still get the same benefits that I would recommend that she take advantage of those opportunities that are there to educate herself and make sure she is paying herself first because education is not going to do anything if you don't put any money aside. And I love that you bring up budgeting. I look back at one of the guests you had on the show, the budget queen, many people from the fire community. I mean, they really understand the budgeting concept. And I think that might help Brittany quite a bit as she's still preparing for her future. Yes, because the uncertain issue is uh, that you have is in her situation and in many situations, it sounds like that she's single at this point. She doesn't have a spouse. She doesn't have children. What happens when those come into play? Is the other spouse working? What's their income level? How many kids are we going to have? Am I going to have to stay home? All of these things make it very difficult to establish real secure plans. Now, that being said, no matter what your circumstances are, you should have enough money set aside to pay yourself first. So you should have that money allocated, but it makes it very difficult to put into play many times insurance policies and some of those items without having to carry it out for 20, 30 years and putting a lot of uncertainty into their lives. All right, Dave, the next one I have comes from Tim. Tim says, I know there is a do-over for Social Security. What about Medicare? Tim, this is a very interesting question, and it's one I I did some research on to see if I could find a little bit more information on because it's something that no one's ever asked. When we look at the Medicare situation on Social Security, if you've gone through the process of claiming your benefits, you have 12 months 
to retroactively go back and then pay the Social Security Administration back for anything you've received and act as if it didn't happen. When we're talking about Medicare, it's a whole different ball of wax because what we've got is a situation where you may not have had claims, but it doesn't mean if you had had claims that you wouldn't have expected them to cover it. So you've got this weird situation where Medicare can't just say, oh, if you go for a two-year period of time and didn't have any claims, yeah, just go ahead and backdate and pretend you never claimed because you know as well as they know that if you had a big issue during that period of time, you'd have filed those benefits with Medicare immediately. So what I see is that you cannot go back, which creates some issues. You can stop it. Once you've got Medicare going, you can't stop it. But remember, if you've started Medicare, especially Medicare Part B, where you're paying those premiums, you've opened up the Medigap window to cover pre-existing conditions and things of that nature. So my recommendation, if you're concerned about how your current insurance is going to work with Medicare, you need to make sure you're getting educated on the way they work together. Because I had another one, CR, that I was looking at earlier today where someone had not taken the benefits from Medicare because they thought they had other insurance coverage. Well, the other insurance coverage was secondary. And because they didn't claim for Medicare, now that company was coming back and saying, you owe us hundreds of thousands of dollars for this procedure because Medicare should have paid it. You chose not to take Medicare. Therefore, it's your responsibility. And it bankrupted the person, put them in a completely horrible situation. So even if you've got insurance, you've got to look at how the coverage works. Make sure that your insurance would be primary because if not, you're going to have to cover Medicare anyway and apply for that and pay the additional amounts. Do I dare say lack of education is to blame or could be something like this in Tim's case? Not necessarily for him, but but asking about this question. Two things, I believe. Complexity. I think the program's way too complex for the government to have us really understand it. And 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 they provide educational tools on their website, but you know how that is. They're not putting webinars together to say, here, let's go through all the details. Let's provide you an expert that you can ask questions to. But the other side is lack of education because it's hard. If you go to their website, it's like, where do I start? There's answers to all my questions. But if I don't even know what questions to ask, how do I know how to go find the answers to my questions I don't even know I should be asking here? If you don't claim all of these at the right time, I mean, you could lose some of these, which becomes very scary as you're planning for your future. You've really got to get with an expert that understands it. And I know I educate on the topic, but I'm not doing this 24-7 when we get into Medicare. So there are a lot of questions I can't answer because each state's going to have some guidelines with Medicaid and the way it plays into the program. Plus, there's going to be just a ton of different situations based upon the individual insurance plans you have. So I do recommend for anyone Take some time, sit down, maybe even with multiple people, make sure you're getting the correct answers, but make sure you understand how Medicare is going to work once you get there so you don't create some of these problems that could end up costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars over time. And Dave, here's my outlier question. So for my third question, it's totally different, but I I really am curious about this myself. Lisa asked, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? Should I be investing in it? Very interesting question, Lisa. And obviously, everyone has their opinion towards it. I had the opportunity of getting back into Bitcoin or getting into Bitcoin back when it was a dollar or two dollars a share, if you can imagine. Now, the last I saw it, I think it was up to like thirty-five or forty thousand dollars for the currency unit. At this point, would have been hundreds of millions of dollars based upon the volume that I was offered. Not sad that I didn't do it because 
life's life and we make decisions that we are need to be happy with. But when you look at it, to me, there are a couple of concerns with it. One is there's a lot of volatility in it. And we've seen before where large organizations pump up the value of the investment and then they know when to dump it, sticking the individual investor with a lot of problems. And number two, there's nothing backing cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is an accounting program. It's like investing in QuickBooks to some level and saying, okay, we've got an accounting method on the back end of this that we're going to put together that's going to allow us to follow debits and credits, and we're going to assess values to those. Now, all of that being said, you're, you're welcome to do what you would like to do for most retirees and the individuals I work with. I definitely would not put a large amount of money into that pot because I do think that there's way too much volatility. But I also have seen individuals that put five grand in and came out millionaires. So, I mean, there is some opportunity, but we're at a point now that the window to me is selled. That opportunity, again, from a few dollars a share or even a few pennies a share to where we are now. But it's something that you've got to make a decision for yourself with. And Dave, while I was looking up this question, I just happened to look back at the trends and I see everywhere from the beginning of 2018 at 14,000. Then I even see a point in 2019, it was 4,000. And like you said, we're just under 40,000 right now. So you talk about that volatility. I mean, that is a huge jump. The market is just up and down, up and down, up and down. And so I look at that and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there. In fact, you've had uh, several clients in this area and uh, I just want to know how they feel about this right now as you talk to them, because this constantly changes and it makes me nervous just where I'm at if I could keep up with it. I think the best comparison I could give it to you as is a roller coaster. When we're young, most of us like roller coasters. It's something we enjoy. And then as we age, a good portion of us decide it's not for us. Now, there's a portion that still loves them, 70, 80, 90-year-olds that say, hey, this is the best experience I have. I love going out. I love the thrill of going up the hills, going down the hills, everything that I get from there. When we look at cryptocurrency, in my opinion, it's a lot like that. You've got to be willing to take the ups and downs and have the stomach to be able to handle it. What we find is that most people, as they get into retirement, they don't have the stomach. They want to have more safe and secure They want to be able to make sure that they're going to have assets that aren't going to run out. But there's going to be a portion out there that'll say, I'll take it. I can handle that. I can allow it to drop to 4,000 and go back up to 20 and not have a heart attack during the process. But some people are not going to be able to do that. So my recommendation, and make sure you're educating yourself, get with someone who better understands it. I am not a registered investment advisor where I would sell any of these products. I'm a retirement risk consultant. So when we look at risk, my side is stay away from the fringes that are going to create a lot of risk in your retirement. And this is definitely something that could. And if you are, I would put very small amounts in there and not risk your whole future on it for sure. Dave, as always, great advice. I think even for this, I love that you're giving your opinion on what we can do to help because like you said, everything's a little bit different and you find people in this space who really grow in it. And I think that's great for them. And for right now, like you're talking about as a retirement risk consultant is you're focused on making sure we get through retirement and that's making sure we're getting there way ahead of the game. We're planning and we're not doing a lot of crazy strategies because I feel like the more we add to our plate, the more that kind of creates chaos. And the biggest thing you've got to look at, too, is your own plan. We all go to Disney World or Disneyland, most of us at some point in our life. We're going to get through the day. 
my experience is going to be much different than my 14-year-old's. And my 14-year-old's experience is probably going to be different than my 20-year-old's. We're all going to have a different experience. But at the end of the day, hopefully we get safely and securely through the park and we've had a good experience and we get back to our hotel room or wherever we're heading without having had any major issues. And this is one of the things we do have to look at in retirement. We're going to take different paths. Some people are going to take a more aggressive path. Some people are going to choose to follow a, a different pattern than the other guy. But the whole goal is to get to the end safely and securely. And just like the, the workers of the amusement park, it's my goal to help guide you say, look, so if you're going to take this path, we need to put these stop gaps in place to make sure that we're not completely risking your whole retirement plan. Great advice. Well, Dave, thanks again for letting me be on the show. CR, it's great having you here with us, uh, Prosperity Nation. Thank you for being with us here as well today. If you've got retirement questions, please feel free to submit those to us through our website. If you're ready to sit down and have a strategy session, if you're ready to take action in the new year here, please go to my website as well where you can schedule that free session. We'll talk about how we work and what we can do for your retirement. And if you decide to move forward, we'll help you get to that more safe and secure retirement that you're looking forward to that can help you get through the next 30 to 40 years of your life. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Prosperity Gap. To learn more about The Prosperity Guy, visit theprosperityguy.com and find out how you can get a tax-free and risk-free retirement.